Hello, good morning, and welcome to the City Business Edition. My name is Kojo Akoto Boating. As some of you are aware, um, for the past few days, I've been traveling around the country looking for problems that need fixing and existing solutions that need replication. Uh, one of the things that we observed around the trip was that if you get to the rural areas, education is really different from what it is in the urban areas. There are lots of places they don't have enough teachers, they don't have enough facilities, but the opportunities that we can use to bridge the gap between the rural student and the urban student, in fact, between the Ghanaian student and the global student. And surprisingly, one of the people on the trip with me is into providing these solutions. So we're basically traveling with a solution that we are not paying attention to. So I'm going to talk to him about a solution what he does and how that will make education better in Ghana and how you and I can can jump onto his solution to create a better life for all of us. His name is Richard Enim. He's the founder of Coral Reef and he has technology for schools. So we call it tech for schools and I'm going to talk to him uh, this morning. Richard, welcome to the business edition. Thank you very much. Kojo. So first, Tell me about your experiences on the trip. Um, we've been traveling for six days. We've been through 12 out of 16 regions. What did you see? What did you like? What did you not like? I mean, this is the third or fourth time that we're going around the country. Uh, our first was from Accra to Tamale, back down through Dambai, through Ho, and to Keta. We've done that stretch twice. And... Um, Recently, we did Samna Boy all the way to Navrungo. Um, it's always a combination around a key theme. Uh, Navrungo was a funeral, uh, so it was a funeral tourism. Uh, but we always we are always looking for uh, opportunities. So Samna Boy, for instance, from an edtech perspective, we're talking to Samna Boy about their schools and how we can support their schools, bridge that digital divide, and alleviate digital poverty in, in some of these areas. So on this trip, we started off with a farm, Inuansa Farms, fantastic uh, location. The, the, the scenery is beautiful. The pork, I mean, is out of this world. Uh, I mean, he cans all sorts of produce. Jollof, Jollof can't. I mean, it's quite a, a travesty from uh, the Ghana, Niger <laughs> Jollof wars that we engage in, but Hey, it, it has a market. Um, then we went on to Casa di Ropa, uh, doing fantastic things with with um, potatoes, with potatoes, uh, fleshy star, uh, what you call potatoes, and the various applications, about 15, 20 different applications of potato, which was quite an eye opener. Um, massive investment in the place, infrastructure, and they've only pretty much cultivated. A very small percentage of, of, of the acreage. Went on to Ancobra. Um, interesting experience over there. The views are amazing. And then drove up through Sunyani to Usbet. Usbet is always a delight. They always look after us. Um, then we came to Tamale, Jail's Lodge. Um, our feature in Tamale is always Mbayaya, the, 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 the guinea fowl. Uh, Mbayaya. Mbayaya, yes. And... Um, we're always fighting with him over his his pepper. Uh, he's always stingy <laughs> with his pepper. And then from Tamale, we came straight down through 
uh, we crossed the ferry with with um, and came through Dambai to Ho. Interesting thing is that when we were approaching the ferry, uh, the ferry had already left, but they, they came back and and uh, and we, we got on and crossed over in, in record time. Um, we've stayed at different places. Uh, so from a tourism perspective, in terms of infrastructure, facilities and so on, um, there, there are some fascinating, interesting spaces. Uh, there are some that we are having issues with in terms of connectivity, uh, in terms of the built environment and how that connects to make the the the, the tourist comfortable. Um, so it, it's it's been an interesting experience. As I said, we've done this three or four times in the last year, where we are constantly looking for new new spaces and experiences, and also most importantly, uh, experiences that enhance our business that we do either in, in the agri space, education space, tech space. Uh, real estate space, um, generally to look at Ghana in a much different light. Uh, COVID has forced us to look within and explore our beautiful country, Ghana. Mm. And there are fascinating experiences and opportunities around if if, if people are willing to look and, and explore and, and develop. Now, I'm going to focus on your yeah. expertise and, yes. and your industry. Yeah. So when we got to James Boateng's farm, yeah. He mentioned that they had built a school mm -hmm. and they didn't have a teacher yeah. and they had between 80 to 100 children yeah. who could use the school, get education and get a better life. And then I said that, look, I was going to run a campaign for the government to post teachers there. And someone mentioned, but why can't Balai just adopt this? And, yeah. and this man is called Balai. For, mm -hmm. I, I don't have his permission to share his nickname, but I've mentioned it anyway. Why can't he just set... Up the school. That was when I started engaging you about your solution. Yeah. So you have an educational technology solution mm -hmm. for Ghanaian schools. Yes. What is it about, and how does it make every how does it give every Ghanaian child the same opportunity as a child in say Hong Kong, in Finland, yeah. in the in US, Singapore in the UK, so in Singapore? On. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so uh, let me give you a bit of a background how we 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 got into this space. Um, we we did a. a a little project for, again, from our CSR budget, we did a little project for a school, um, a community in the eastern region. And it was basically to teach the kids or the youth how to code, but also um, on entrepreneurship. So it's a, 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 um, a six-week project. But what we realized uh, in that project was that, yes, the kids come to the community center, they have access to uh, computers, but when they go home, there are no tablets or devices for them to keep practicing. So by the time they come back the following week, they've forgotten everything that we've, we, we've, we've taught them. So out of that, we started engaging a much bigger uh, entity, like the Ministry of Education, because it was a problem that was running through um, the whole of, of, of Ghana, especially in the rural areas. Yes, if you go to GIS, Roman Ridge, Galaxy or whatever, your, your kids don't suffer that kind of um digital poverty because right from when they are born into the cradle they have access to a smartphone or a tablet, tablet or an ipad or so on but this isn't the case in the rural area so out of that conversation our sister company the hatchery engaged the ministry of um of, of education and gs to start thinking about a national digital literacy project which will be launched sometime this year in fact the company that we partnered with came out of so i have to mention this because the very first time I came across Positivo was in, on a, a trip to Kigali with a city 
FM crew back in 2017. I walk into this space, I'm like, why can't we replicate what they're doing in Kigali, uh, in, in Ghana? So this same company, Positivo BGH, has done the same thing in Kigali. There's a digital literacy project in, in Kigali. There's one in, in, in Kenya as well. And Ghana is the third place in, 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 in Africa that we are exploring to do. Uh, they will be assembling devices here as well to push to the market. So when we got to James Watton's farm and I saw the four classroom uh, facility for, it's like, as we say in G, it was like, this is a fantastic solution, that we, um, a fantastic challenge for us to provide devices with content. So our full stack solution for a smart lab is, uh, the teacher will, uh, gets a, a notebook. Uh, the, 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 all the, the kids will get uh, tablets. There's a PowerPoint projector or a smart uh, white screen. Um, there's a content access device point. The important thing about the content access device point is that it creates a local area network. So if anybody within a certain radius in the school without internet can still download uh, data onto their tablets. There's a learning management system and then there's a classroom management system. The LMS is useful for authorities and teachers and so on. So the, the Minister of Education or the GES Regional Director could be sitting in his office and monitoring teachers in the school, uh, their lesson notes, how they're engaging teachers, uh, how they're writing. You know, yeah, for my sense, I, I'm also a trained teacher. So one of the key things is how do you engage, how do you engage everybody in the, in the classroom to be able to learn uh, equity in learning. Well, yes, you've provided access, mm -hmm. access as far as education is concerned. But is it quality, and is is there an equitable distribution of knowledge in the space that you're you're dealing with? So, Jim Wat James Watton's uh, space is fantastic for us, and we'll, we're engaging him on how we deploy to 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 serve the needs of the eighty to hundred kids that. that that, uh, so, so let me describe James Watson's space. It's a four-classroom block mm -hmm. in a forest. Mm -hmm. No access to electricity. No teacher available. 100 school children. Mm -hmm. And you see, this is fantastic. I know that if you are going to have any smart classroom, mm -hmm. you need access to the internet. Mm -hmm. You need a supervisor or a teacher. Yeah. You need electricity. Yeah. That space doesn't have any of those, but yeah. you say it's fantastic. Yeah. How do you give them the solution based on their problems? Okay, so so I've, I've listed the hardware mm -hmm. in terms of devices that we we, we provide, but it, it's a, a simple issue of providing solar solar technology. We actually have solar home systems where it allows them enough power to be able to charge their devices at home. Okay. So there is no issue with, with power. That, that place enjoys the, the, the relevant or whatever, appropriate sunlight or energy for them to be charging their devices. So HK can have a tablet and a solar home system. It provides them a lamp as well. The, the, the environment that we, we saw, the, the, the kids are mainly from, their families are settler uh, farmers yeah. uh, from, from the north. And the, the, the kind of condition in which they live is attached. That, yeah. that is what excites yeah, me about that place. Touch, yes. um, that, that is what excites me about that place. So from uh, the, the community impact that we want to make, that, that's a very fantastic model for us. Another component of the work we do is focusing on girls. I mean, Soronko Academy is way ahead in terms of girls, but it's a big market. It's not something that they can do alone. So we're, we're, we're keen into that space. 
There's also special needs for us. I mean, Ghana has about 28 special needs schools, all sorts of issues. Uh, we are providing solutions to target them. And then the Boston institutions, um, what we are doing is providing them with uh, simulate, simulated um, environments mm-hmm. where they get to disassemble uh, so pure practical. Pure practical. So which, you, you what should leave be the happening institution in our... and you have a skill that you can use Fantastic. to keep your, yourself out of trouble. Fantastic. Yeah. So so for for the for the, the listen for the digital literacy projects and uh, for any of these projects that we are doing, you'll probably be releasing about a million two million devices into into the space. Mm-hmm. Uh, what happens if a kid smashes their their what do you call their it, tablet. uh, their tablets, uh, laptops that have issues? The useful life of these things tends to be about between two to three years. What happens? Can you recondition them? And from a sustainability point of view, how do you uh, get to use these? Can you uh, harvest components and harvest reuse? components and everything? But the scale needs to be there, mm-hmm. and that's where the the, the Bostel institutions come in. Because then you can be in Bostel institution, but by the time you come out, you are already certified to be able to assemble devices, rip them apart them together and and be useful to the kind of environment that you're you're in um if you're active on facebook you probably have been keeping an eye on uh, the hackathons that we are doing it's mainly to engage we're using the ghana hubs network to have presence in all the regions so that we can connect to them if a school has an issue with devices the the hubs become our collection points mm-hmm. where we get to they get to exchange Whatever they provide customer service support and so on. So that's also another initiative that we're looking to. My excitement really is about um, James Watton's space and then the Boston institutions because mm-hmm. really um, those institutions need to act as reform uh, centers and not necessarily the, the punishment and uh, they tend to be the forgotten middle yeah. of, 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 of our society. And if we can do something to support it, I, I'm all And that's for it. dependable human resource. Once you train them Fantastic. well, they, yes. they, they, they will give you the service. Yes, yes. This is the City Business Edition. My name is Kojo Akotobuati. I'm talking to Richard Enim, the founder of Coral Reef, and we are talking about a solution looking for problems to solve. Um, we've been traveling around the country. We've seen a lot of um, fantastic stuff. We've also seen a lot of low-hanging fruits and problems that need solving. And one of the things that came up was an isolated school in the middle of a 1,500-acre farm with 100 children but no teachers. How can these teachers' uh, children have an opportunity to compete with children from Singapore yeah. or even children from Sunyani? Yeah. And um, that solution, it's something I got to learn in the middle of the farm that this man has for Ghana, and I'm talking to him about it. So if let, I explain, let me make mm-hmm. a point about the teachers. So the teacher can record their content mm-hmm. and it's placed on the on the on the on the tablets. Um, the teacher can be there and service the eighty uh, students. Um, if, when it's history time, they can all go into the lab and do that. When it's uh, mathematics. mathematics and so on and so on, all that content can be loaded on. Because there's no internet, the challenge is how often do you update it. So when there are updates, you go back physically. And, and update it until a time where they are connected into the, 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 the grid. One other resource is um, My Library Ghana, mm-hmm. which is another virtual uh, platform that we are launching. And that has about 3 million titles. There is nothing you want to access that's not on there. 
what we're also doing is digitizing Ghanaian content, local content. So you will have uh, curriculum for, uh, what do you call it, um, the, the, the senior high school, GSS, primary school. And so. Now, GS classifies basic school as starting from primary, GHS, yes, and that's yeah. all basic school. So all that content will be there. We're engaging publishers to put their content on there. What we really want to move to is a Ghana cloud mm-hmm. where we have our so, own... So you're basically democratizing educational opportunities. Absolutely. Now the Ghana cloud, wherever you are, absolutely. you get access to absolutely. whatever is there internationally and locally. Yes, absolutely. Now, let me ask you this. You, you In your in our area, earlier interaction, you said that you engage the Ministry of Education, you engage GES. Mm-hmm. But if you look at the mix of um, the education mix, mm-hmm. let's say there are about 12,000 basic schools. Mm-hmm. A majority of them, mm-hmm. a, a good number of them, I won't say majority, mm-hmm. a good number of them are owned by the private sector. Yeah. And and a lot of these are also found in the very remote areas. Yeah. They are actually yeah. the key drivers of knowledge acquisition in yeah. those areas. What plans do you have for people like that? Okay, so that's exactly what our hackathon is doing. It's engaging private schools in different regions. Starting small, but we will, as with anything, we will ramp up and scale up as we go along. Um, the challenge for most of these rural schools tends to be finance. Mm-hmm. So that's where we're engaging. Yes, we're a business, a social enterprise. We have to make profit. But the, the way our pricing mechanism works is that uh, you charge slightly higher and they use that to support and, dis- and discount for rural areas. That's, again, part of our CSR. So we're engaging corporates that have CSR budgets, foundations, charities, NGOs in the education space, that can partner with us so that we can support the rural areas. Solutions are there, mm-hmm. but somebody has to pay for it. Yeah. Uh, so that, that is really our engagement. We have an, um, an agreement with some of the banks and microfinance entities. If you are an entity or a school who doesn't fit the, the bill as far as the credit appraisal of a bank is, then we talk to a finance, a microfinance institute to, to help you. The most important thing is for you to start. Um, our premium size package is usually 50 tablets for mm-hmm. a smart lab. But just to provide access, it can be 10 tablets, it can be 20 tablets. We can design a bespoke uh, package for every uh, school. So talking about the bespoke, before you go on, mm-hmm. so in the middle of COVID in my neighborhood, yeah. um, there are about eight families with mm-hmm. children. Mm-hmm. And because of COVID, we all agreed not to send them to school. Yeah. But there was a house which was unoccupied mm-hmm. and somebody was like, let's rent this house mm-hmm. and put all the kids in there during the day mm-hmm. to keep them busy. So let's start our own school. Yeah. The reason why we didn't start our own school was that we thought having all those kids meant also employing teachers and mm-hmm. paying teachers and all that comes with it. So even with this, neighborhoods could start their own schools with the technology. In fact, in, in certain countries, mm-hmm. uh, when we where our partners are, are working with the, the library system, the virtual library system, teachers are gaining extra income sitting in their house and providing online support after school support. So there's a there's a there's a uh, income generation angle to this. So teachers that are interested can also, interested can always uh, engage us to to, to um, provide them with that kind of support. Um, in your particular case, that the kids could have stayed because again because of COVID, if you bring them together in a in a one class room, even though the chances of them contracting COVID are minimal, um, all the research points out to the fact that social distancing and so on, so they may have to have to stay home. 
you could have engaged a teacher remotely. Mm-hmm. Uh, you are in a crowd, so that those are live stream. Uh, so in the morning, eight to nine a.m., they're doing maths mm-hmm. streamed. You can engage kids maximum as far as the sciences say is about forty-five minutes to an hour. Yeah, you break, uh, let them do something else, and so it's all doable. The solutions are endless. I mean, uh, for me, the, the exciting bit about it again is when you look at the technical vocational aspects of it, yeah. uh, providing them with CNC milling uh, uh, systems, um, uh, what do you call it, AI-enabled devices, 3D printing, and so on and so forth. A lot of our technical vocational uh, system is still stuck in the Middle Ages. Yeah, um, I know there's some effort to try and um, engage uh, new modes of doing things, but that's it's it's about now. Um, we looked at the World Economic Forum report, when, which talks about careers and 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 uh, jobs market or landscape changing. The kind of training we're training our kids now may not necessarily be relevant in twenty thirty. So it's important that we introduce some of these things so that they can take advantage of this fourth industrial revolution and yeah actually not my father says something that look uh, sometimes when you look at certain spaces people are when you are at the at the starting line then you are part of the race uh, at some point we haven't even gotten on our knees uh, at the at the, uh, at the at starting, starting line. line no so what really our vision is is to make sure that as many of our uh, rural communities are schools that are based in areas that are uh, tend to have issues with, with low incomes and so on, um, are not denied the, the benefit of this sort of thing. Just give them access. Mm-hmm. Uh, somebody was saying that in the rural area, the kids are not, um, you'll be amazed what the kids can do when you give them technology. Just leave them to, to play around with it and so on and so on. And eventually, they, 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 get, they get to a, spa- a space where they are, they are actually ripping this whole thing apart and, and making making progress and again in Singapore one time one guy was talking to me in an education space that what they in Singapore are doing is to prepare globally employable talent mm-hmm. so you could be lying in your boxer shorts in your bed and be coding for a company that's based out of the states or an Indian outsourcing company could be outsourcing work to you based in Ghana in uh, James uh, Boateng's farm, for yeah. instance, is just skills. I always say this is like this is the same, the same Ghanaians uh, that my mates. I mean, the, went on to Harvard and uh, Yale and so on and so forth, and competed in that same environment. And what we differs are, I mean, <laughs> yeah, yeah, right in that space. So if you give yeah. the kids exposure mm-hmm. and give them the right tools, there's no reason why they can't compete with. Um, any any of their peers in in other countries and this 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 technology and your your smart classrooms your smart labs mm-hmm. are actually going to help us deal with a lot of our local problems for example when we went to the farm mm-hmm. some farmers would want to have their kids around them all the time sometimes yeah. people say it's child labor mm-hmm. but if you look at the nuances their parents who want their kids around them to learn the tree from a yeah. certain point right and they don't have access to school so it even forces them to engage them in more hard labor, yeah. if you look at it that yeah. way. Yeah. While the kids having these resources, they could be sitting on the farm while the parents work yeah. and getting education. Yeah. Once they are bored with school, they could go pluck some vegetables or some fruits yeah. and have some fun. Also, getting to appreciate the work yeah. of their parents yeah. 
to generate more interest yeah. in the core economic activities that drive our national yeah. development. So this is really interesting. Yeah, the, the thing about kids uh, is is really structure and routine. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's important to have that kind of structure and routine for kids. But learning doesn't have to happen in that kind of strict, uh, rigorous environment. I mean, I, I always laugh at uh, my, my Caucasian friends who talk about child labor and so on and so on. But I have seen in England uh, kids that are riding bicycles and throwing, uh, what do you call it? Newspaper. Uh, newspaper. They're doing a newspaper round. But the difference is that after that, they go and they go to school. Mm-hmm. You know, but I was uh, sometimes on a cocoa farm. I, my work with Cocoa Board in, in, in the, about 2008, 2011, I worked with them on their one million ton strategy and as part of the strategy the key thing was how do you engage uh, how do you deal with this child labor thing and it's a whole big issue with 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 international organizations and so on and so forth so there's no reason why we can craft solutions to deal with kids that find themselves in that space our our, our, our friend uh, Jonasai Kwapons uh, Mama Antialis has a farm in uh, Agrave and I went there with them and the first thing that strikes me when I'm in these spaces is how do you get this kid walking around butt naked uh, out of a system like this? How do they get to compete with my son uh, who lives in, in the city? Um, and what kind of solutions can we deploy? It's a big issue for me. So yes, again, at heart, uh, I'm capitalist and everything, but it's with a conscience. How do we get these kids to compete? What sort of tools can we give them to compete uh, with any kid anywhere in the world. And this is how we think we can start this conversation and, and revolution. It's been good talking to you, Richard. For people who want to contact Coral Reef and the hatchery for your solutions and guidance, how do they do that? Um, well, they can reach me on 0506-311053. Um, our, our website is www.coralreefgh.com. Uh, number again is 0506-311053 or www.coralreefgh.com. Thank you very much, Richard, for Thank talking to me. Much. Richard is the founder of The Hatchery and Coral Reef, and they are providing opportunities for every Ghanaian child to be at the same level as that child in any other country. Opportunities for education, skills development, opportunities for knowledge acquisition, and I've been traveling with him for the past six days, exploring Ghana, looking at opportunities, problems, solutions, looking for problems and things we could do together to make Ghana a better place. I hope you've can learned I, something new from this conversation. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a big market. I mean, the public school network is about 38,000 schools, basic schools. The private school network is about 24,000 schools. It's a huge market. It's not something that one company can uh deploy all the resources. So it's important for us to partner. So we are looking for partnerships with, with various institutions, well, uh, mining institutions, um, rural banks, uh, timber merchants and timber companies. Community associations. Community associations. We're looking for partnerships. Uh, it's a win-win uh, scenario, not a zero-sum game. A zero-sum game. Yeah. Um, so yes, let, let them reach out and let's partner and make meaningful impact in the lives of uh, the children of Ghana. Thank you, Richard. Um, and thank you also for listening. This has been the City Business Edition. My name is Kojo Akutobuati. And keep listening to the City Breakfast Show. And when you get the chance, travel around the country. You'll love it.